You should always proceed with a plan that you've crafted as well as you can, but don't plan too far ahead or you'll wish you were dead when you end up back where you began. Planning ahead is such an integral part of a teacher's life that a preparation period is an integral part of the daily schedule. Teachers are given generally one hour to prepare for the next day. That includes planning for the next lesson, the next week, the next unit, the next semester, for the incredibly foresighted, the next school year. But then preparation period is also the time that you have to correct all the papers, organize them, create files, respond to phone calls, read your emails, visit the restrooms, grab a snack, maybe even chat with a colleague or attend an IEP meeting, or do something that makes you feel human, like walk around the building or read a book or converse with a friend on a telephone. But leaving aside all of the other things that one must shoehorn into prep time, I want to focus on the prep itself, the planning, specifically how much, how much time do you invest in planning, how much detail is necessary in your plans, and importantly, how far ahead should you plan? That first question of how much time you should put into planning obviously varies with experience. The first time you do a year of teaching or a unit or a particular lesson, it's obviously going to take more time to plan than when you revisit it the next year. So let's talk instead about the amount of detail that is necessary in a good, thorough lesson plan. When you are doing your teacher training in college, the emphasis on developed, detailed lesson plans is rather overwhelming and can easily lead the rookie teacher, or I should say the aspirant teacher, to conclude that teachers must do nothing but write lesson plans because truly writing a lesson plan in the amount of detail called for by teacher training programs is exhaustive. Lists of materials needed, lists of transition activities and introductory questions and concluding activities and on and on and on. Now all of those things are important to making a lesson run smoothly. Writing them all down is not necessary to make a lesson run smoothly. It's very much like driving a stick shift. When you're first learning to drive, keeping track of the clutch and the wheel and the signal and the stick shift itself and the windshield wipers and the seat belt and all of those things Yes, it is very necessary, and it's rather overwhelming to contemplate them all at once. But as you experience more and more of the road and of driving conditions and of yourself as a driver, more and more of them become automatic, and you don't have to devote time to planning to do them. You simply do them as you respond naturally to the situations around you. The same with teaching. 
obviously every day class is going to begin with a bell, generally speaking, and it will proceed for the next 42 or 57 or 68 minutes, however long your class period is, and then it will conclude. And it is your job to fill that time with productive, purposeful activity. And I want to emphasize fill that time. Filling the time is your most important goal. The worst mistake you can make is under planning. Not under planning the details, but under planning the amount of learning, teaching, and activities that you can fit into the time that is allotted to you. Having five minutes or heaven forbid, 10 minutes left over at the end of your prepared time or your prepared materials is the worst fate <laughs> to befall you as a teacher. It destroys classroom focus and spirit and energy and instantly people become distracted and eager to leave and the time stretches eternally. It is amazing how long five minutes of dead time is. Your job as a teacher is to make every minute of class time educationally valuable to your students. Plan far more than you think you are going to be able to fit into a class period. Far better to have things that you do not get to than to get to everything you plan and have nothing else to offer your students. For example, when I am teaching a Spanish lesson, I always plan four extra activities, partnership, question and answer sessions, a quiz, an exercise in writing out of the textbook, a video clip, things that I know will help the lesson but things that I also know we may not get to that day, if ever. Of course, the next time I teach that lesson, and the time after that, and the time after that, I know closer and closer the exact amount of time each thing will take and can plan accordingly. But as a first year teacher, you do not have the luxury of, I've done this before. And the most important thing, I repeat, is to plan more than you think you will possibly be able to use in one class period. Next, let's consider the amount of detail you need to consider in making your lessons. Here is where technology and I have a long and ongoing battle on which I am generally on the losing side. I will plan to, let's say, show a video clip from YouTube and then the clip won't load. So I load it before class to have it all ready. And then the internet connection goes down, or the speaker won't come on, or any of a number of other things. So even if you plan really well for minute to minute to minute, things will go wrong. That's okay. Keep your head about you and don't look flustered in front of your students. Smile and laugh and move forward with them. This is all part of the learning adventure. Have things set up in the order that you're going to need them. 
handouts especially. Be prepared for the students who don't have a pencil, don't have their textbook, didn't bring what you asked them to bring. All of those less than ready moments can be mediated well by planning on your part. Now, though, I want to talk about the most important consideration that has hit me between the eyes again and again this year, which is how far ahead should you plan and how much energy should you put into those questions. This year, so far, and it's only Christmas break, we have had, for me, three completely different first days of school. We are doing distance learning. We are doing in-person instruction. <gasps> Never mind, we are going back to distance learning, but we're doing it with all new students because now it's a new semester. Just kidding, now we're switching things again. Every time that schedule shifts, anything you put into planning for the way that things will no longer be is now wasted effort. So how far ahead should you plan? At the beginning of the school year, that is a lie, during the summer before the school year even started, my student teacher and I sat down to plan the year and she really wanted to map out an entire school year, at least roughly, to see what we would do. And I insisted that we not do that. As logical as it seemed, I said, we do not know yet what the parameters of the year will be. How long will we have our students? How many units do we need to cover? How many minutes will each class period take? The more unknowns you have, the less sense it makes to put time into planning for things. Instead, I emphasized we should focus on our own preparation. Since both of us were new to teaching math, mastering materials, getting familiar with the textbooks, getting familiar with the online resources we were going to be utilizing, and so forth. When the school year began and we had a mental picture of the structure of a day and a week, then we began to plan with a little bit more attention to detail. How many days for this lesson? How many days for this unit? When will we have a test? And so forth. And here are some guidelines to bear in mind as you plan for your teaching year. First, yes, an outline, a very sketched outline of the semester or whatever your grading period is, is essential. You do want to have some notion of the total amount of time and the total amount of material and how they match up. Once you have that grasp of totals, build in squidginess. A day or two or three, depending on the length of your unit, to buffer the ends of one unit and the beginning of another. Entire days of instruction time can vanish because of emergencies, because of snow days, because of school functions, because of 
sudden assemblies that no one knew about but need to happen, and days are then lost. On the other hand, students may learn your material faster than you had anticipated, and suddenly you have the entire unit finishing with three days until the next unit is planned to begin. Sometimes you don't want to begin early because you've planned to end at a, you know, a, a holiday weekend, for example. So always leave that squidginess out there in the future. After you've sketched out the semester, look carefully at your immediate unit, five to 10 days of lesson before your next project, assessment, test, whatever your unit wrap up will be. And plan that day by day as, as closely as you can, which concepts in which order on which days and map that out. As for the day-by-day -day details, don't exhaustively plan more than a day in advance. Let me explain what I mean. So for example, this semester, as we're trying to teach math, when we have made worksheets a week in advance and then had to move them, we have to rename all of the worksheets to match the days that they are coming on. That was bad planning. We have put energy into planning for the future, which is now a detriment to our total time available because we have to replan things. Plan really well then, only a day or two in advance. Keep the overall unit plan there, but do that day-by-day -day planning of the details. Otherwise, you end up with a lot of wasted effort. So in conclusion, planning is an important part of teaching. Planning and preparation must be built into the daily schedule of a teacher. On the other hand, thorough planning too far in advance is literally a detriment to your time as a teacher. Time that you could have spent much better on the present has been squandered on a future that will never happen. Be careful not to squander time and energy in over-planning. I think that is something that must be emphasized because planning and prep work is critical, but living the experience and learning from it is equally important, and that always takes place in the present.